Welcome to On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I'm the leader of St Mark's Church in Jersey. We want to pick the Bible apart and dig a little deeper into certain topics to help equip people for life as a disciple of Jesus. We add new content twice a month and hope you get a lot out of this. So if you're ready, let's go. Hello Ray, how are you today? I am okay. Good to see you. Thank you. We're in your study, with your commentaries, Bible open, ready to go. Here we are. Here we are. And welcome everyone to the podcast. So um, I'm sitting with my friend and mentor Ray and we are going to do a, an episode of Ray's Take. We're in John chapter 11. So in, uh, in church on Sundays we've been looking at the seven signs of Jesus in John's Gospel and the final sign is Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. So um, I'm going to read uh, an extract of John 11 um, but then we may you know, dot, dot back and refer to some other bits um, in there as we go, sort of having a, an, a different take um, on this sign, Jesus raising Lazarus. So John chapter 11. I'm going to read from verse 38 um, down to 44, uh, and we are in the ESV, the English Standard Version. So, let's go. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there'll be an odour, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The man who had died came out his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his faith, face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Wow. I would have loved to have been there to see that. Oh, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Despite the fact that this... I, I, I find it's quite almost amusing that the um, gently phrased odour... Odour. Is, yeah. um, is used in translations. Um, I think it was probably more crude at the time. Um, yeah, in the, in the King James Version, it is, he stinketh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, perhaps a little bit nearer the mark. Though. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's quite a bit that leads up to that. We didn't go through the whole of the whole chapter because that would take up all that time. Um, but... The, the the request for Jesus to come, the dependence on him, the recognition that Jesus would be able to do something, um, the reaction to him, his response, generous, full and wonderful here. Why is this so significant though? This is the seventh sign. Why why is this so significant? Well, it's... The, it's the, the others have sort of been to do with a whole range of issues, 
like lordship over creation, like providing food, um, the various signs. Um, this is life over death. This is coming to the penultimate period before Jesus' own death. It gives us an insight into why, sort of in practical terms, it was decided that they should dispose of him. Mm. And um, th this is an absolutely crucial point in the account of Jesus and his, his route to the cross. Yeah, because in verse 45, because we stopped at 44, it's the plot to kill Jesus. Yes. On account of this, it's like the Pharisees had enough. Yeah. And um, the structure of him giving life to Lazarus, uh, which involved him giving his life, is quite mm. extraordinary. And um, yeah. his, the cross was consequential upon his giving of life. So life, death, life. Death in the heart is death on the cross. Consequent upon his having given life to Lazarus produces new life for the people of God. So it really is the ultimate in life and death experience. Yes, my goodness. I've never, I've never thought of it like that. That's brilliant. Death at the heart of it, life on either side. Yeah. It's, um, it's quite interesting the way John structures this. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I don't know the chronology f for sure. I don't think we, many people do, do they? No. Uh, no, and John said he doesn't doesn't care about chronology, does he? No, <laughs> he's bringing things. The, he's theological rather than chronological. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his insight is in, absolutely incredible. Mm. Um, perception and presentation. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really clear. You know, the purpose of this is to show who Jesus is. Yeah. The fact that God sent him. You know, that's yeah. the purpose. Yeah, and then you have inserted into the text the statement about I am the resurrection and the life. What's significant about I am the resurrection and the life, apart from resurrection, I guess? It's there. It resurrection and life belong together. They are focused on him. He is the one who alone can offer that. And... He's the centre of that whole thing. It's amazing. And there's something as well in the I am statement. I yeah. am. Yeah. I am God. I am. I am. I am. What's, the, what's the root of I am? Where did this come I from? I am who I, who I am. It um, has to do with the revelation to Moses of the name of God. At the burning bush? At the burning bush. I am who I am. Um, and he reveals himself as the I am, as close as we can get it. So in the Greek, you know, this I am is different from just saying, you know, I am hungry. This, oh, this yes, I am in absolutely. the Greek is a significant yeah, I yeah. am. It is the name of God, Yeah. which is, which for the Pharisees, this is blasphemy. That, that, there, were, there was something about this a bit. He had already been involved in healing, restoring people substantially yes in his ministry so what happened here that makes this different 
Mm. And there's something about what he said that clearly aggravates his opponents mm. and is clearly intentional somehow. Well, this, this bit, as, as we read it, this is verse 40, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? What does Jesus mean by that? Because he's coming to show who I am, the glory of God. Is he is he meaning Lazarus being raised is the is a sign of the glory of God or it has to link the whole thing together. It has to link what happened to Lazarus to this event, obviously, and has to point to the impact, the new life that Lazarus received on those who observed it. And it was so dramatic, really was. Mm. Um, I mean, the, even down to the detail, and detail is fascinating. I mean, for instance, um, he is released from captivity, despite the fact of the odour being apparent. Um, and he, his followers were told to release him, take or get rid of the clothing. It describes him being wrapped up. Mm. essentially for for burial yeah um get rid of that release him from which the burial clothes would have restricted the physical body mm. um and he was they were told to release these signs of death get rid of them and to me this says wonderful things about the ministry of deliverance for instance that we release people not only do we offer them new life but we offer them freedom from the past mm. so there are consequences of his death consequences of his death burial clothes which no longer have any impact no longer have any use whatsoever get rid of them unbinding yeah mm. and that to me, says an enormous amount, mm. uh, because we, I think we, have a tendency to see people one for Christ, but left with burial clothes. We don't see them freed from the consequences of past death, and to me that is so important. And I believe that's what this implies anyway it's there to be unwrapped mm. and uh, it's so and it's there in the statement isn't it the consequence of or the result of jesus is that we bear fruit for life we live by the spirit rather than bearing fruit for death that is what we are called to do yes and to be but it doesn't mean we mean we won't live a life without struggle because there's a trouble trouble with like the prosperity gospel is that now I will accomplish all these things and we with enough faith you shouldn't struggle. Yeah. But that's not what we're saying here. No. But unbound from the consequence of sin, which leads to death, it then leads to life. Yeah. I mean I think specifically unbound by the consequences of death. Yeah. Because Lazarus had died, his body, or bits of it anyway, were wrapped up mm. 
um, and uh, no doubt anointed and all the rest of it, um, and buried because he was dead. Now he's been brought back to life and he doesn't need to bring back into his new life the ramifications of his previous death. Mm. And that's where there's a real fundamental principle. That, yeah, it really is. Mm. For us, as when we come to faith, at whatever point yeah. that is, yeah. the consequences are gone. Yeah. And what we do need to acknowledge is the importance of that freedom in Christ. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Mm. I loved one take from another commentator, which was on Lazarus, uh, saying that he didn't, you know, he didn't do much that no. we know of yeah. in the Bible. He was just Jesus loved the family, yeah. you know, the two sisters and brother, and clearly there was love reciprocated, and so we don't need to feel burdened to prove ourselves. God, well, you know, he, mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just love and relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, theirs was clearly a home that he valued where he could be relaxed and refreshed. And He could have raised anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there were people dying all over the place. Yeah. He could have raised anyone. So why Lazarus? Presumably because he had the end result in view yeah. and the consequences of that. There was something intentional about the route he was taking. He knew he was heading towards the cross. He knew that the impact of the raising of Lazarus would be an aggravation in that direction. Um, so there's something intentional about him it was, would seem that therefore Lazarus would fit that because he presumably was known in the community. It's the right place, it's the right time to fulfil God's purpose. Yeah, and to remain focused on what he was called to. Yeah. He was called to die. Yeah. And it was, but, it was, but meanwhile, it gives us a, a little bit of an insight into the specialness of the home where he could be relaxed mm. refreshed so there's you get some wonderful insight here into the human Jesus his humanity, his personal needs um, as well as his integrity and his focus on his call and prepared to go for it, as it were, they say today. At the value of the home, I think this still exists today. Oh, you know, absolutely. Jewish culture, who you ate with is who you accept. So I don't know if we're that far off it today. The people we invite into our home, obviously it was way more profound, way more significant in Jewish culture. Yeah. But there is, there's a challenge there now, the home, the the, the dinner table can be a really significant yeah, well place. you're opening up not only your home but your relationships your, yeah. your family your way of life and that says a great deal of your preparedness to trust mm. 
in the guest coming in. I, I do love that relationship Jesus has with this family. Hmm. Um, I don't know if the, probably the most famous one is Mary, Mary and Martha, the difference between the two, the busyness oh, yeah. in Martha and Mary at the feet and, and all this. Um, but I love the idea, you know, Jesus comes and he's the teacher and they're teach me, teach me. Mary's at his feet, wanted to learn. But Jesus, he's happy to impart, but he's coming to be with them as friends. That's what his purpose is, yes. Yeah, to come to be with us as friends. And of course he is to teach, but it's relational, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. Absolutely. That's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Because we hear nothing else, really. We don't read of Mary and Martha and Lazarus doing much, really, no. apart no, no, no. from a special no, no. family no. and it's special friendship. Giving us a bit of an insight, preparing us for their main focus of mm. being there in Scripture is this cross-centred event that is to come. Yeah. So that, that is the, the take for today of this is what, what would you like to focus on? What would you like listeners to focus on? Yeah. Practical stuff is what? Is to keep focused in your call from God. Remain, remain focused. Be true to yourself as well. Okay, I'll just say I had a phone, uh, not a phone call, um, uh, an email thingy. <laughs> some kind of digital correspondence one of these things <laughs> I don't know um, yesterday from somebody in my from my Aspert One parish um, in Suffolk how nice how nice to see a correspondence that happens plenty lovely um, anyway but it was about somebody who um, had died some months ago and I hadn't known um, but the assistant minister who was leading a thanksgiving service i think it must funeral must have been reduced substantially during covid mm. um and needed some information about this guy i went through my memory banks and came up with quite a lot tony was a lovely lovely bachelor who was absolutely focused and committed to his task which was the secretary of the PCC and he did it impeccably he was also eccentric and he was as loyal as you can imagine now these are characteristics which don't get high profile mm. but to me said such an enormous amount about that focus of that man. The call on his life yeah. to do that. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Absolutely. So you, you managed to feed that. Oh, in. I are past it all. In. Lovely. Um, but it's rather fun having an input into something important mm. to me, anyway. Yeah. Um, so people some, are. How many years on? 40 years on? 40 or years on. So, like Lazarus, we are unbound. Correct. And we are free to embrace the call that God has placed in our lives. That's right. And let's get on with it. Yep. Fantastic. Ray, thanks for your time. Not at all. See you next time. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. 
And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening and see you next time.